Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Northview Extra Podcast. My name is Kyle Meeker. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And today I'm joined by two other pastors, and we are going to talk a little bit about sports. Um, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves briefly, and we'll, we'll jump into this. Hi, I'm Jeff Bucknam, and I like sports. <laughs> and I am Imran Daniel, and I love soccer, tennis, pretty much. Cricket? Yeah. Cricket, yeah. Cricket's better than okay, baseball, explain to, explain to everybody who's listening in uh, 20 seconds the rules of cricket. Go. Ooh, 20 seconds. Oh, you just wasted a second. Um, Go. Yeah, so it's not like in cricket, uh, you when you hit the ball, you can either choose to run or you don't have to run. In baseball, you have to run no matter what. Okay, so, so we, hope that that reason, yeah. we hope exactly. that cleared up. We hope that up for all of you. So game over. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> uh, it's it's fall and sports are in the air with school starting up and with uh, parents attending games and coaches coaching games and people watching games, whether it be on the television or their smartphone or wherever people watch games. Uh, sports are part of our culture. Is this so the best time of the sports year right now? Um it's my favorite time of sports year is is March. Is March Madness yeah. with college basketball. Time. Because an interesting fact about me, which you wouldn't notice if you just looked at me, but um, a number of decades ago and about, wow, 50 pounds ago, I, I, I you played, can fill it up. Yeah, I played college it. basketball. Yeah, at a high and, level even. Uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't for scholarship, but, um, but I did go to the MBA afterwards, which is the Mongolia Basketball Association. This is a real wow. thing. Um, went over there with Athletes in Action um, as, in conjunction with them to play uh, with a group over there. Um, so yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I loved basketball growing up, still love to watch it. And it's uh, and then they fed the... you some weird form of mystery meat and you had to come home. Yeah, I got, I got sick over there, um, had to return a little bit early, but uh, still one of, the, one of the things I look back on with great fondness is actually um, sports in general, basketball in particular, and being able to, to go um, overseas on a couple of different trips. It was, a, it was a good time. So I'm trying to Google you, Kyle Meeker. About, I can't <laughs> you can't find him anywhere. That. There's no Wikipedia page on you, Kyle. Um, uh, hey, the best time of the sports year, uh, it might, might be the autumn, though. It might be. If you're really into, if you're really into like football of the American variety or football of the... Real football? The, of the world variety, yeah. uh, this is a great time of year, right? Because all the leagues start kicking off and everything gets going. And then if you're into baseball... What is that? Yeah. If you're into yeah. baseball, I mean, you're getting into the business end of the season after 162 games. So it's, yeah, it's a good time. I like this time and I like this spring. And I find uh, the, I find that the winter hard because it's just the regular season of everything. Ugh. Playoffs, baby. Mm -hmm. I spent too much time in sports. So I'm very, I, I'm super excited about this podcast. So let's get, let's get to it, Kyle. I'm ready to roll. All right. Imran, do you want to share an interesting fact about S yourself? Sure. So I, I did not play professionally as you did. Um, I, it was semi-pro. So oh, don't, oh, don't, don't, don't. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I won't say that. Um, <laughs> but I play soccer. I, I grew up playing soccer, but then uh, I didn't play very much. And then all of a sudden for the last maybe seven years, I've been playing a lot. And recently for the last five years, uh, I've been coaching. So now, currently, I'm coaching three teams. I'm coaching you four kids, boys and girls. You four. Didn't, you four. I thought I would not do that. Are they that. your best team? 
They are actually because I can boss them around. <laughs> they do what you tell. You do, exactly. They, they, they do what you say. No, it's, it's a lot of fun though. So you four, I practiced with them. It was just great. And then uh, I been coaching you 16. They were 10 years old when I had that group. Same team. And now today, as of today, I'm starting at one of the local schools here as well. One of the high with schools. With a few friends, one of the high schools. You're yeah. uh, the head coach of a soccer team at one of the yes, high schools. Yes, uh, along with two of my other friends. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting fact. You're basically Jose Mourinho. Uh, no, no, I don't like Jose Mourinho. Though people probably don't know who Jose Mourinho is. Do you want to tell them? He is the he is yeah. the hated coach of Manchester United. Right, because he doesn't to, get along. He seems to destroy his teams every three years. Then I, he moves on to another one and destroys them. I would them. agree with that. He's the devil's spawn. Anything else you'd I, like I, me to say I, about I won't, him? I won't go that far, <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> Alrighty, just to give you all. A oh wait, little... I get to give my my update. Oh, sorry, I'm very I... very important history. Didn't in you sports. play? Interesting, <laughs> interesting fact from Jeff about the interesting sports. fact about me is that I have I have I've played several sports at a very poor level. <laughs> um, Can you mediocrity but broad Dude, breadth? <laughs> I, I I think I'm the only one in this room though, who probably has uh, been awarded a swimming championship. Yep, sure. A tennis yep. championship. Wow. Right? And a soccer championship. <laughs> In were what the, though? The, like all all three those, of those. So I'm assuming those participation you played... medals? No, no. I we won. I won individually the swimming, tennis, and I was part of a soccer team and won the championship. So, so a tennis is individual. So Sports I, uh, t- uh, swimming is individual. Yeah. How about soccer? Soccer well, basically individual. individual. I was all you because <laughs> you did your own thing. My back hurt at the end of those games because I carried the team. <laughs> All right, just to give you all a, a little bit of a heads up uh, what we want to try to cover today. We want to um, ask uh, or just observe that it matters a lot. Sports matters a lot. Uh, second, it matters too much at times. Uh, third, how should it matter? And then fourth, some advice. So uh, it matters a lot. Uh, what are some of the things that sports helps us with um, in our culture individually, but also as Christians? Well, man, I so my, my son plays baseball. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I, I, I've never really been into baseball. I used to actually make fun of it until my son got into it. And uh, it teaches some great life lessons. Seriously. Like, there's not a whole lot of places, other sports, where basically you fail nearly all the time. And you succeed just a few times. And that's that's great. But it teaches you how to deal with failure. Like, um, you know, he, he's a pitcher. And so I've, I've had to stand and watch him pitch where he could not throw a strike when he was younger he sometimes now <laughs> just kidding uh but he no he where you you just he can't he's not able to do it and but this coach won't pull him out because the coach wants him to learn what it's like to stand up there in front of everyone and fail miserably and have your entire team be frustrated with you and you have to come off the field and keep going, type. You know what and I mean? Yet you go back again the next yeah, day you to just, play, which is great. You got to go back and you got to yeah. do it again. So it, there's, I mean, I, I, I don't know of a whole lot of other places where you're going to learn that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it does reveal a lot about yourself. Um, even just playing, I, I remember, even last year, I, because I just cared about uh, the sport too much, and I would just say things that. I probably shouldn't have said, <laughs> right? We're so, gonna get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so but but it does brings the the best uh, from the other side uh, in you too, and you're like, man, uh, that was not me. 
that was not my best. And you realize, okay, I need to be careful uh, how I want to present myself later on. Yeah. Yeah, sports has a great ability to, to stretch us, to push us, to... To, to make us experience failure, to make us to These allow are all us godly to things, though. This is success, part of my right. part of my thing. Is, is they're they're, they're Christian sanctified. They're good for every. We, we we would call sports a common grace. I would call it a common grace, meaning that it's it's something that God has given for God's given people bodies. So you don't need to be a Christian to enjoy sports. Uh, but so He's given it to to everybody, and the lessons that can be learned through sports, the teamwork, the commitment to one another, the perseverance. Right, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, you know that kind of thing is totally inspiring and transferable to other parts of your life, right? And mm-hmm. I, so I, I'm like, it's part of the reason why I, I love them so much. I wanted my kids to be involved in sports. I mean, I, I didn't know what else I was going to do with my time when I was my age. So I'm glad that they play them. Have they won three championship? No, they individually. It's oh, <laughs> kidding. They're always getting second place. What is wrong with these people? Um, yeah, so sports are great opportunities to, to be involved in community, to grow, to be challenged, to be physically active, to enjoy the bodies that God has given us. Right. He hasn't. It's, it's much better than playing video games, though, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be, well, that's to be apparently active a new sport. So. <laughs> you, yeah. know you can get paid for it, so yeah, I guess it's a lot. It, it might to do be a video sport. games? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's there's big this money guy named Ninja who's, who's like the thing. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Ninja is like transformed online gaming. He's wow. apparently the best Fortnite player in the world. Which is like the biggest thing now, Fortnite. That's crazy. And with a name like Ninja, it fits, I guess. I know. Um, so sports are great. Um, I think most people would agree with that to some level. Um, but sometimes sports matter too much. No. And so I want to explore that <laughs> second part of it. Sports, uh, it matters a lot, but it matters too much at times. What are some of the ways that sports ends up mattering too much? So I'm just going to... Uh, you going to jump in jump, there, buddy? Jump in there. there. Uh, sometimes it matters too much because... Um, I, I'll give you a couple of examples here. I remember one time I was coaching my U15 boys. They were U15 last year. And, um, y- you know, you on the sideline, you're watching the game, and all of a sudden the referee makes the call and you disagree with the call. And unfortunately that day I forgot to put my glasses, left from at home, and I, I did hey, not see accusing, the referee. Were you accusing the referee of not using his? <laughs> no, and the referee <laughs> made a call I totally disagreed with. And then... Uh, it cost us a goal. Eventually, we won the game, though. But as uh, it happened, the, the other team scores a goal, and I just was just like seeing some uh, fan right uh, at the not, end of the game, though, right? No, that was a different game, oh. though. Uh, <laughs> so I was saying some few things to referee, like that. That this is not your best. And um, <laughs> did you say those halftime, words? No, I just, no, it, it wasn't. No, it was just like it wasn't bad, but it was just like mean. Uh, so at halftime, the referee comes to me like, "Oh, hey, Ron." How's it going? And I'm like, who you're? As soon as he comes, shakes hand with me. I'm like, oh shoot, I know you. You're from Northview, guy. Yeah. Right. This is like it was just the most embarrassing thing. Um, the the other one was even uh, uh, we lost a game and this referee <laughs> he just made a horrible mistake. He's like, you know, I was used to be the FIFA referee. I'm like, what are you doing here then if you're <laughs> FIFA referee? Um, anyway, so I kept talking to him. He's like, you know, I can give you a red card. Game's over. I'm like, well, you can give me all the cards you want, but I think this is your first game. He's like, excuse me, what did you say? And then my friend jumps in. He's like, no, no, no. 
He meant that we never had you. This is your first <laughs> game wrapping. So your friend <laughs> saved you. Exactly. Nice. So the, the so. first one, you didn't have your glasses, so you, but you could see the see the call on the play good enough. Yeah, totally. Right, could right, see, right. Well, we could see the referee good enough. We exactly. Didn't have the it, was just, it was too much. Like I, I wanted to to win so badly because yeah. winning is huge in our culture, and that was in, instilled in me too. Yeah. Like I, all I want to do is win, 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 win. Um, it's different here in the West. We don't care as much about winning. Oh, really, <laughs> dude. Okay. <laughs> I honestly have had to, yeah, I've shared stories in the pulpit before about the challenges I have at some of the events. I've had people, uh, I've, I've been losing my mind and had uh, parents who are from the kids. And they, I would lose my mind. I don't usually yell very much. Uh, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I don't even say anything to the referees, especially at, um, at baseball and stuff. I position myself in other locations. But occasionally I just... Where no one can hear you? Yeah. Although mm. occasionally I... This year, in fact, I got... Good and mad. One game this year, good and mad. We lost in the very last second because the ref, the umpire didn't call an out where our guy clearly tagged the player. And I was out in the outfield, and we lost the game in the end. And I, I was like in the outfield, and the referees were kind of walking off the field, and I was like, you need to do a lot better than that, right? <laughs> Real loud. The coach of our team goes, they had nothing to do with it. <laughs> he started yelling at me. I told him. Later, I walk up to him later. I said, hey, man, thanks for yelling at me because <laughs> I totally deserve that because I was out there just so mad. I can't believe our kids lost that game. Yeah. I had to say something. But yeah, you get right into it. It's harder to be a parent sometimes, actually, than it was to player. But even as a player, one of my favorite stories, actually, about baseball is this guy threw a, threw a baseball. I've been told this several times. This guy threw a ball right down, uh, or it's the beginning of the game, you know, the umpire sit, stands right behind the catcher, and the pitcher throws the ball right down the middle of the plate. And the umpire c- calls ball. So the catcher kind of turns his head and looks at him, throws the ball back to the pitcher. The pitcher takes the next one, throws it right down the middle of the plate. And the guy, guy calls it a ball again. So the catcher takes the ball that's in his hand, and he holds it up to the umpire as if to say, I need a new ball. And the umpire said, oh, you need a new ball? He goes, yeah. And the umpire says, what's wrong with this one? And the catcher said, uh, I need one you can see. <laughs> so even players, right? Yeah, yeah. But we celebrate that, right? Oh, that's right. You, yeah, yeah. That's a great a great line. Good job yeah. for you, catcher, because you know, all the umpires are bad and all the referees are bad. And totally. That's what we think. And we, think, we tend to think it's an injustice and we get so into it. And ultimately, the reason we're so into it is because it feels in the moment like it's life and death. Winning and losing mm-hmm. is going to make such a challenge, such a difference in my life. And then, of course, you know, a week later, you're like, oh, it's, I can't remember. Who won that game? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, Do you, you know? Just it's a championship that. game. Uh, who won the championship? I can't remember who won the championship game. I remember uh, I was coaching uh, two years ago in, uh, in Surrey, and... Surrey is apparently known for some of the teams uh, playing rough or just kind of going f- all out. And one of my boys uh, just kept beating this uh, kid, and his son is on the other side. And he just saw that this guy, my, my boy, is just beating him the whole time. And we scored a bunch of goals through that. And this guy comes on this side, and then he tells his son, if this guy beats you again, I'm going to go home and break your luck when you come home. It's like straight up. Like winning was yeah. so important to him yeah. or his own pride just takes over like, man, you're embarrassing yeah. me. Versus like, man, as long as you're having fun, I'm with you. Just have fun. Go do your best. 
I watched this show on Netflix that I'm not totally recommending because there's a lot of there's a lot of cursing in it. But it I've watched it in the past called Friday Night Tykes. It's about uh, about little little uh, what's it, what are they called? Kyle used to live in Texas. It's like Typhus and Texas Youth Football Association or something like that. And it it's like some of the most competitive youth football in the country for like twelve years old, twelve year olds and nine year ten year olds, whatever. And the, watching the show, you see these coaches act in ways that are just so absurd. That, and you, when you're watching it, you're thinking, oh, who would ever do that? There's, there's another – I mean, and then I watch a do, there's a couple documentaries on Netflix as well that I watched, and they follow these parents around and how committed they are to seeing their kids get a scholarship. And I, I, you know, I see – and how crazy they are with, with this. And I see it even in the, in the settings that we're, we're around. It's like everything – you know, you stop going to church, you stop going to, you know, my kid's in hockey, so I'm just going to get, we give everything for for the college scholarship. So much so, in fact, I talked to a guy a while ago who said that he's basically spending about $25,000 a year to get his kid into playing hockey. And I said, what's your goal? And he said, well, we'd love to get a college scholarship. It's going to save us so much money. <laughs> I was like, what? Spend uh, money wait a minute, dude. <laughs> like, 25 grand will get your kid to a pretty good uh, college. You could probably just save that now and spend it at college, right? But it's this, I don't know, the idea that your kid is good at it or that you're good at it, you you, you know, we look at the way LeBron James is treated and we think, oh, that's, that's what I, that's the good, the good life is being a professional athlete and have everybody think how great of you, great of you in every, at every turn. And so we are willing to give almost everything we've got for it. Yeah, our, our uh, identity gets so wrapped up in the thing that's most immediate to us, the thing that's most in front of us, and the thing that we enjoy and that has a lot of good things to it, like sports. Um, but when our identity becomes that thing, we lose the fact that we're made in God's image, we're made to love him and love other people, and we begin pursuing something that's a gift as opposed to the giver of the gift mm-hmm. in, in that sense. And the fact that um, even when we reach the pinnacle of whatever sports success might look like, uh, at the end of that road, it's it's empty. Yeah, we talk Absolutely. to a lot of or hear from a lot of professional right. athletes who who've, who have made that um, made that level. In fact, um, Andy Steiger in his book Thinking quotes uh, Tom Brady a few years ago after he won a number of Super Bowls. He's being interviewed, and. Um, uh, he says, I you know, have a number of Super Bowl rings, but still think there's something greater out there for me. I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reach my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. And the interviewer then asks, well, what's the answer? And Brady says, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. So there's a sense that we're longing for something that's mm, – that's, we're longing for something in sports that sports itself can't even provide, yet we're so – but it, attached to the sport, thinking that it will provide that. Don't you think it does for just this fleeting moment, though? For for this one shining moment, Kyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Doesn't it? For just this, say, when you win, or your team wins, mm-hmm. yeah, they go out, they win the Super Bowl. It, it, it for this one moment, you feel this. This it, it's a whoosh. You get this exhilaration. You know, you finally reach the pinnacle, and then ever pop the champagne. You're right, the team wins the Champions League, right? They pop the champagne and everyone's excited and you go home and you're happy and everyone talks about, oh, what a party, you know, even people out in the water, we party that night and everything was so great. And then it's over. Yeah. Then that's the thing. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a joy. I don't want to ever lie about that. They're part of the reason that we were involved in sports. It's a joy 
but it's totally a fleeting joy and it never sticks which ends up keeping you coming back for more. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the problem I find, okay, this is just me being really honest here, is that it's not just joy, right? It's also terror <laughs> and heartache because for every Super Bowl you have, you have, you know, your quarterback throwing an interception on the one yard line. The Seahawks of, from a couple of years ago. Sorry, sorry about that, Jeff. No, I, I know what I was referring to, Kyle. Thanks, though. <laughs> well, not everyone else might know what <laughs> he's just you're referring to. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, or your team gets to the game seven of the Stanley Cup and they, they lose horribly because your goalie can't keep out seven That's goals. 2011, right? Do you know? My point is that, <laughs> but that happens more often in your sports life because only one team can win every year and that usually yeah. the season ends on heart, in heartbreak. And so it's, I've, I've, told my kids this before you know sports is a good thing but if it becomes an ultimate thing it is a really bad god and i think that's the danger for most people though because it's become the thing for them um you win it gives you the greater joy that you can possibly think or have like even um playing uh, I, I was playing even drop in last night with a few guys at moed and it, it, it's just like the moment you make mistake, everyone's yelling at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you score a goal, it's a f- it's a just drop in soccer. They're all just celebrating. It's just that yeah. they care too much about that. And I'm just thinking like, okay, uh, where are you going with that though? Because you go home, you leave the field, you're going to leave, you're going to forget all that in yeah. like five minutes. We used to make jokes uh, when I used to I used to play soccer when I was in New Zealand a little bit, and and we used to make jokes at the end saying, "Well, foot, football was or football was the winner on the day." Yeah, it never it never is the winner on the day. There's always a winner and there's always a loser, right? Yeah. You can say because in an ideal world, yes, it's the joy of the sport, it's the joy of you know using your physical body and breathing hard because you're getting exercise and the enjoyment with your friends and all that. All of that happens whether you win or lose, but we don't focus on all of that. What we do is we focus on winning and losing. And the person who wins is more important than the person who loses, mm. right? As the person who wins usually reminds the person who loses verbally, mm-hmm. right? Look what I just did to you. and yeah. So it, it becomes, yeah, what? It's a good thing, but we make it an ultimate thing. Yeah, so how should it matter? We've talked about the fact that sports matter, and that's a good thing in lots of ways, and, but mm-hmm. it matters too much in lots of ways. So if we begin to kind of think through these things more theologically and more practically, how should it matter? Well, you know, you, I want to make sure that we recognize, because the temptation here is to turn away from it and say, uh, you know, if it, if it can become an idol like that, you shouldn't do it. You know, because a good thing become, can become an ultimate thing, we're just gonna, we're just not going to do it at all. So that's what we call asceticism. It's the belief of of just uh, you know if you like food a lot, and it can lead you to gluttony, then you shouldn't eat any food, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the approach that some people take to, to to sex. Honestly, well, sex can go wrong in all a myriad of ways. So therefore, the only godly way is abstinence. Not just abstinence in in you know obviously abstinence is God's way for those who are un- unmarried, but even abstinence in in the marriage relationship sometime, or, or sex is, is not celebrated in that way. And the Christian church for years has been known as being anti-sex, when the truth is, actually, it's our God who made sex happen, or he's the one who, who created that, mm-hmm. right? And he created it good. He creates food, and food is good, and he creates uh, physical bodies that end up being able to be used in running and kicking balls and shooting them through hoops and all sorts of stuff. And so... 
Like I always want, when we get in this conversation, I always want to say, man, we should be affirming the goodness of the physical body as Christian people, because God's God made the world physical, and the world will be physical in the new heavens and new earth. We will probably be playing sports in the new heavens and new earth, which is awesome for me. I mean, I'm thinking, that's going to be so good. I yeah. am so going to dunk on your head, Imran. Good luck with that. And right. you will win your award then, to you, individual. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but I, so I want to affirm the enduring goodness of the, of the physical body and the gifts that God has given first. But also then say, well, we have to figure out ways to limit its effect on us so that it, it doesn't rule us, we rule it. Is there a s- simple checklist we could do for that? Or is <laughs> uh, this sounds... Um, you usually know it matters too much when you lose. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also like if... So for me, um, I, I kind of had to do the checklist... Um, time to time or just recently because I caught myself um, reading about tennis a lot all of a sudden Um, soccer right like Premier League La Liga or uh, the European Championship uh, or some of the other sports that I like and I'm like at the end of the day how much time do I spend because it all adds up like where am I spending all this time so I care Mm. too much about this I could be reading something else that could be uplifting because at the end, I'm just reading those uh, articles by these journalists, which half of the time, by the way, are not true. They're just making stuff up or there's some truth in some ways. But anyway, it, it, you, you just spend too much time about that. You, you, I don't know, watching too much maybe? Yeah, I think that you can get too, in, too it, involved some, in it. Yeah. I, I tend to be not as, uh, you know, I think that watching sports can be a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people, I mean, I love I love sports. If you'll you'll find me if I'm not working, you'll find me involved somehow, either watching, listening, thinking, reading about some kind of sport or team that I'm following. So, I, to me, the t- the time thing isn't quite as good a list as uh, act- as actually God always God always checks our hearts when when he when we lose, right? So I will say that about money. See, money is a good thing. But it also could be an ultimate thing. Well, how do you know it's an ultimate thing? Oh, when Jesus asks you to give it up, mm. right? So that's the rich ruler. So, or sports can become a, a, an ultimate, it's a good thing, but they can become an ultimate thing. Well, how do you know? Oh, when you lose, how devastated are you? Like at the end of the day, do, are you walking away thinking to yourself, uh, I am less of a person because I lost that game? Or when you win, Am I more of a person? Do yeah. I am, am I finding my chest puffed out and looking down my nose at all these other people because I somehow did better in it? But that's also yeah. seeking approval from others as well because right. how you perform. So but it ultimately, performance based. I, think, based, I think that that's what the idol. Right. That's what the sports idol is. It's basically I I have standing in my world and meaning for myself because I am an athlete of this particular. Friday. My friend Joe was in college, and uh, he he played football, and uh, he actually went out and, and broke his, I think, tibia? Is that right? Anyway, some major bone in his leg yeah. that the doctor said, right, because of this, you're not going to be able to play anymore. You're done. So he told me that he realized when he was, he grew up Christian, 
But he realized while he was laying in, in the hospital bed, recovering from this, this leg break and with the knowledge that he was never going to play again, he realized at that moment that he had found most of his joy and most of his person, right? Most of his meaning and value and purpose in life in what other people said about him because he was good at football. Right. And it was in this moment that he started, he realized, oh my goodness, it was an idol for me. And he found, of course, that his, his meaning and purpose and all those things were actually given to him in Christ. That's, that's the gospels, the knowledge that, you know, we, we, are, we are redeemed by Jesus and found in him before God and others. So it doesn't really matter ultimately what other people say because God has, has, has stamped righteous over us. So for all ages, we will be seen as righteous. Mm-hmm. And that gives us our standing. So our, our person, who, what Jesus thinks of us is more, more important ultimately. So I, he, he learned that ultimately by losing, which is hard, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you end up learning. That's, I think that's how you learn those, those, those things. Yeah, those life lessons uh, teach us what we're really looking at and what we're really valuing, valuing and how we're seeing all the different parts of our life, how they relate, how they connect, and what part may be too important for us. Um, C.S. Lewis has an interesting uh, essay uh, called Meditations in a Tool Shed, where he goes into a shed and it's dark, and there's a beam of light that comes through the shed. And he looks at the beam of light and he's like, well, that light is really cool. That light's really amazing, this streak of light. And he can see the dust kind of floating uh, in that light. He's like, that's really cool. Um, But as he got closer to that, that beam coming in, and approached it and stepped into that beam and looked along it, he realized that looking at it was cool, but looking along it to the outside world, to the, to the clouds and the trees and things from the outside, he's like, this is the point of, this, of the beam. The beam is the point to something greater. Mm. Not looking at it mm. in a, as a subject that you're to manipulate or to hold, uh, but to look along it. So if we yeah. think about sports as something that we look at, then they can dominate us. If we look at sports as something that we can, can look along as things that point us to something greater ultimately and the gift that all these things are to us in, in God, then that's a beautiful and wonderful So how thing. do they point to something greater? So some advice. Let's, um, yeah, let's look at the final thing we want to talk about. How, how do these things work? How can we look along sports as a fan, as a player, as a parent, as a coach, and even as a dreaded referee. If you're a referee listening, I thank you. And I never actually appreciated referees until I had to referee and then realized that, wait a second, all those calls as a player that I knew so well were wrong. It's a lot harder when you're the referee and have to see in the play and know what's going on to actually get those calls right. So I think every athlete should be forced to referee so they understand totally. that a little better. <laughs> um, but how, how do we how do we look along the long sports and all, all our different involvements in it um, in in a proper and helpful way? What's some advice we could we could uh, we could share? Well, I, go ahead, Imran. You could go first. Oh, I I think that uh, one of the ways that we look along sports is that we recognize. I think that um, the winning and the losing is the point. Does that if that makes sense? So when when I win in sports, here's my theological take on sports. Why is it that God has, has competition and winning and losing going on. And why is that not necessarily a bad thing? I think that when I win in a sport, I experience this joy, this fleeting joy, that is a, a signal to me that, that there is a joy that isn't fleeting, that there is an ultimate joy. There will be a great victory, right? So, so I experience a temporary victory, but Jesus wins a greater 
ultimate victory. And so this fleeting joy, this joy that I have, even though it's fleeting, will not one day be fleeting. So it points me as a Christian to, not to itself, but I look along the beam of it and I say, well, this points me ultimately to the great victory Jesus won. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I'd say, well, when I fail, it reminds me that I live in a fallen world. I live in a world where it's not, where it's not yet that way. Right when yep. when the when I when the game is is lost and things happen, I, I'm, I live in this in this fallen world, and so I can look along that and say that you know it it makes me realize kind of in a, as a metaphor for for the for for my life, it makes me realize that I still await a day where mm-hmm. where all things will be made new and where I will experience the victory, and what a sweet day that will be. Right? Yeah. So I I experience both. Because I'm engaged in the sport, so that's my point. The, the 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 doing of it and the winning and losing actually both serve that purpose. Absolutely, and I think that's what we should be teaching our kids, or whether you're coaching or playing yourself too. Like you know, this is not the end goal here, because this again, like you said, it just reveals, it teaches you how to be looking forward to something that's far more greater. Because um, along the way, people will be making fun of like fun if you like oh I see I beat you you didn't win who cares at the end yeah like you can hold get a trophy put it on your shelf collecting dust so Paul writes about see this what's really helped me in the last while along these lines is Philippians 4:13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and in, in its context it's it's being written to uh, Paul's basically reflecting on the fact that he has been given this financial gift from the Philippian church. But he says to them, look, I, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I don't, it's not like I needed the money, right? Because I've learned, and he says, I've, I've learned the secret of contentment. I, I know what it is to have plenty, and I know what it is to be in want. Right. So this, this text has been really helpful to me because I've come to realize, his, by the way, he says, what's the secret of contentment? Uh, I can do all things, but I can do all these things, my plenty and want, through Christ who gives me strength. So in other words, the money doesn't, give, doesn't make me... M- more secure, and the poverty doesn't make me less secure because I've got Jesus who's my strength. The money's not my strength. Similarly, sports are not my strength, right? Yeah. Winning and losing. I know what it's like. Seriously, I know what it's like to live mostly with losing, right? That's but how you also pick your a, sports teams, right? <laughs> the ones you cheer with, for? With also a little bit of winning. So I know what it's like to ha- have victory, and I, and I know what it's like to have loss. But I've learned the secret of contentment. I don't always practice it, but I learned the secret of contentment, and that is I'm not going to find my joy ultimately in the winning and losing. I'm going to find my joy in Christ who is pointed to in the winning and losing and who has given me a body so that I can participate in it at all the time. So, so do you understand what I mean? So Jesus is the one who gives me strength. I'm not looking to, my, to the sports and the winning and losing to provide for me something that Jesus provides because I, I don't need that. doesn't mean I'm going to not work as hard on the, on the field or cheer as hard for my teams? Of course I am. And it's not going to mean that I'm stoic and I'm like, oh, I don't care anymore, ever. <laughs> you know, like robotic. I'm actually, no, I do care a lot. But ultimately, my person, my joy, my meaning is not found ultimately in the winning and losing. It's so found in you, Christ who gives me strength. What do you tell Steph Curry when he has Philippians 4.13? Oh, I know. Isn't that crazy? He has it on his shoe. Yeah. Right? And what's so crazy is when he, Steph Curry writes it on his shoe and then he lo- lost. He lost the finals. And... It, on what? his shoe, what he meant by it was Jesus can help me win. Right. But I was reading it going, dude, Steph, this, of all the times that Philippians 4.13 is a really appropriate text, it's right now is at the end of this game where you've lost. Just take a, pick your shoe up, look at it, read the text, 
And in the end, it'll help you a lot because that's the way Christians approach it, I think. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge when things aren't going the way we want them to get, to, to go. It's, it's definitely an encouragement that Christ is our hope and our strength. Um, but when things are going well, when things aren't going well, it's like, oh, well, you still got Jesus. Like Jesus is a consolation prize. But what strikes me about this text is that Paul is equally resolute about reaffirming Christ as our strength when things are going well, that it's not simply because of us that things go well, that we should recognize even when things are going super, it's Jesus that is our, ultimately our hope and our strength, and he should be thanked for those times. Mm. He's not the consolation prize when things are going well or when things are going ba- bad. He is the ultimate prize and You don't see times. people kneeling down with their prayer, though, after they've thrown the interception. Or, 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 like you see, you see it after the touchdown, right? But but that's the point of the text, though. Is yeah, in both cases, Jesus is God, right? Right. So you, right. you threw a touchdown pass to the other team. Yep. Okay. And <laughs> still a touchdown. <laughs> pound your chest. Right. Point to the heavens. Point to the heavens as say, you throw the interception. I love you. Jesus. Still loves me. <laughs> Amen. No, but that's true. I think we also can reach out, Imran. This is something that's been kind of near and dear to your heart. I think, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons that we wanted to do a podcast like this was because I, I think uh, part of the problem with Christians is that we get too caught up into sports and turn them into idols. But if we're wi- if we're willing and able to to not do that and to celebrate the goodness of them, there's an enormous amount of opportunity to coach and to uh, s- support and to uh, be a part of teams in our community. And as, as, as we're part of those teams, we can bring uh, our Christian faith with us and see those teams as places where we can see the gospel flourish, right? Where we can, Absolutely. Because we're sitting there on the side, sidelines as a fan with other parents, or we're sitting, I'm not great at that, mm-hmm. honestly, because, yeah. because I'm shy, but like, it is, if you recognize it and say, oh, actually, this t- there's going to be some needs on this team, and I, I, think we can, I think I can help meet those. Absolutely. And I think... The, well, one thing we should be realizing that using my passion for sp- sport to make God known is something that we should be aware of. That, like, hey, I, I, I have this faith in Christ, which reminds me that the joy uh, I can have is is through Him, which is everlasting. Um, and therefore, I can go out there and have fun and play sport and coach or be even a fan or s- as a parent too. Uh, and I can. Uh, make Christ known through those opportunities. So I, I've been doing this for the last five, six years now. And I remember the first year when I just started coaching, it, it was just like, okay, I had no idea how to do this. You, you know, it's always awkward. Mm. Uh, but from day one, it, it's just one of the things that God gives you those opportunities. People ask like, hey, so tell us, coach, who you are. Hey, this is who I am. Um, I work in Northview. I'm one of the pastors blah, 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 and they're like, okay. And I always use my church email for a reason to communicate with the parents so that they understand who I am. It's not like some guy Mm. we don't know. So, like, I want them to know that I belong to Christ. So if they have any question about that, they they can ask. And then on top of that, like on the sideline, whether I'm playing or coaching a ref, uh, not refing, but it's just basically like, you know, I have to present myself in a way that it, it comes across as godly which helps me, like, I'm so bad personally uh, because winning at times takes over everything and I forget about my identity. Well, everybody's watching your sanctification going right. on, right? And right. That's, that's the hard part. But right. at the same time, it also grounds you in reality. Exactly. They, they realize, oh, there's a person who's actually trying to work out his salvation. And he's not always, he's not, he's not always doing the greatest 
just right. like everyone else isn't. Right. So the, I mean, this has given me a lot of opportunity just to engage with the families like who, who not even from a Christian background, just like uh, just talking to them. Um, one thing I had to learn, like I cannot convert them right away. It's not my job. I can simply uh, be present and engage with them and hopefully God will give me the opportunity to engage with them. So quick example here. Um, time to time, I with my team, I will share my story or I have shared my testimony. I'll have different people come and share their testimony as well because I wanted them to know like, hey, this is who I am. At the end, I want you guys to be better men, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, I remember one time we were playing a game and one of my boys um, in a game, he, he was going for the ball and lo- uh, broke his leg and all of a sudden the kid is in pain. And this one of my boys, he quickly comes to me. He's like, hey, coach, can we gather everyone? Let's pray for him. Now, this kid who never prays before, because we've been doing this time to time in, in our practices, and he's like, hey, coach, can we pray? Um, Absolutely, let's do that. And the referee who's like, hey, can I join you guys? I don't know who you're going to pray to, but can I join too? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So kid goes like, hey, coach, I'll pray. And then can you um, close? Is that how we do it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then he just did normal pr- prayer. Like we're talking and then I prayed and that, that was it. But seeing that took me a couple of years to even get to that point yeah. and having the mm. opportunity that this kid's like, you know what? This is the moment when I need Christ now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this is painful. It hurts. Uh, we're losing now, and we lost the guy who was actually probably one of our best players in that game. Like, okay, we got to lean on God. Kyle, you've been involved with lots of sports and teams and stuff. How have you uh, treated it like it's a missions opportunity, or have you? Or yeah, not always as well as I probably could have. But the idea and what I love about Imran's story is that just the faithfulness and the the regularity and the consistency that if you if you enter it. Um, with that mindset of I want to be faithful, I want to serve, I want to help, then you can build those relationships and have opportunities to talk with people. And and it's because of the the couple years, I think, Imran, that you were with that group, that mm-hmm. they had that sense of, okay, Imran's a real deal. He's a real guy. He, he, he really cares about us, um, and his faith is really real to him. So uh, we don't know what to do, but we're going to have him pray because he seems to have a connection with with God in some sense that that is significant. Um, So going into something, knowing that it probably will take a bit of time and to build those relationships, uh, sports ultimately is an opportunity to build, build those relationships and interact with people. I think the sports is probably one of the greatest opportunity that we can have in order to engage. Simply, exactly. In our communities. Exactly. All it takes is you show up and hey, can I join you? And like, boom, just open your mouth and start getting to know people. Because so much of this stuff is organized too. It's great. That's why it's always hard for me. I I understand why people do Christian sports leagues and stuff, but I've always been kind of of the belief that it would probably be better if you just get involved in the the other leagues so that you can be, you know, salt and light there. Okay. Rapid fire. Can I, can I, Kyle, I'm totally taking it. Rapid fire at the end. Okay. Quick advice to fans. Uh, cheer. Don't jeer. Mm. How'd that rhyme? Anything? Imran? Uh, in be encouraging and encourage them to have fun. That's for a fan. Okay. If you're a player, <laughs> Kyle, uh, play hard. That's an important piece, by the way, because I think that actually playing the sport is an act of worship, right? And when you show a bad attitude or you don't give your best, I actually think that, right, you're, de- you're, you're, you're denigrating in some ways the God who gave you the physical tools and abilities to do it, right? So I have a good friend who always said I, I, he prays for his kids that they honor God with their attitude and ability. 
when it comes to sport, I think that's great. I actually think that's exactly the way a player's ought to, ought to function. Before God, I'm going to honor God with my attitude and ability. Imran, as a parent, give parents advice. Just again, be encouraging and um, just have fun with your kid. Right. The coach is not your enemy. No. The uh, referee is not trying to to mess up. I actually think that when I realize that the referees are are uh, they, they aren't always good at just like my kid's not always he's an amateur, right? The referees are amateurs as well, right? So if you understand that, you usually give the amateur players a break if they dribble the ball off their foot. Well, sometimes the referees dribble the ball off their foot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like metaphorically speaking. LeBron they James well, sometimes. they just don't see it right or something like that. Foot, yeah. Sometimes, you know, you get to the games quite often and they're not as good as but, – but you know what? It's it, it's youth sports. It's amateur sports and that's the whole idea. If they were professionals, then I suppose you could – you know, their, their jobs are at stake and they're supposed to be better at it. But even professionals miss a free throw, yeah. right, from time oh, yeah. to time. So, yeah, anyway. Kyle, coaches. Um, thank you. Um, but again, it's, it's, a, it's the time and it's the regularity and it's the consistency that I think people appreciate and that is going to um, build those relationships and give a foundation for those relationships to actually have fruitful conversations. You can ref- uh, re- recommend something for to coaches. referees. Um, I would just say, hold don't, on, don't, recommend don't, for the coaches. You're a coach. Yeah. Don't, don't forget your glasses at home <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and bite your tongue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm serious. Seriously. I, I, have, I have to learn to just walk away. And just not say a thing, and yeah. because you know, you, you know I, I've been thinking about like it'd be fun for me to even ref, and I've been just looking into like, man, I wonder if I could just do a course online and just just give that give that try. And here's this what I'm thinking though: if I am going to be a referee before the game starts, I'm going to call both of the teams, and I'm going to tell them, listen, I'm bound to make mistakes in the ge- in this game as a ref. So are you. Right. So are you. So are you guys. So listen up. There'll be calls that you think I should have called. I'll miss them. But remember, it's only one person here. It's not the the FIFA where you have the. Even then, you make mistakes. So let's just work on that and just have fun. So basically, you get them together and say, I'm going to stink at this. So just let's lower the bar. Exactly. Sure. It's usually (laughs) what I say when I. And give me the money. It's usually what I I say when I join a team. (laughs) Just want everybody to know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be the worst player for you. Uh, last one. Uh, there should be a word to the referees. I th- I personally would say that as a general rule, one of the things I do love is when I see Christian people involved in coaching and refereeing uh, sports around our community. I actually think they are serving the common good in a really remarkable way, right? Especially if they do it well, and especially if they respond with kindness and patience with people who they're watching. Referees especially get to watch this idolatry thing go on in the lives of people. And it's very difficult to deal with the idolatry in the lives of other people because they end up elevating things that you're like, why is this so important? They elevate that way beyond what it should be. So we appreciate your patience with us referees. Mm -hmm. We also appreciate all that you do to help uh, bring the reign of Christ to bear in our community. And and, uh, yeah, sort of the common good. It's awesome. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Any final word as we wrap things up here? Go Hawks. Sports good. <laughs> Enjoy it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Amen. And as Paul says, whatever you do, um, and that includes even sports, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Amen.